LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome back. Last episode, we looked at five guidelines for timeless staffing rules. And there's so much in this topic that we thought we'd break out another episode and keep pushing into what it looks like uh, to think through staffing in your church. So we're going to keep pushing into that area now. Ask got a few more questions around staff ratios, pros and cons of how to staff part-time, full-time, internal, external, and what kinds of staff members. So let's get going on that now. Uh, one of the big conversations we've had here in Australia over the last, you know, I don't know how many years, but it's certainly been prominent in the last five, six, is around the staffing versus portfolio, partly because of our ecclesiological history, where we've come from. We've often traditionally tended towards staffing to a congregation rather than having a portfolio, with the exceptions of youth and children's ministry, which clearly Scott doesn't value after the 1980s and 1990s. Um, but... <laughs> But there is that conversation. Talk to us about the pros and cons of staffing a congregation versus staffing a portfolio. Yeah, this is a this has been a really, um, you know, it's been a discussion that's caused a lot of conflict. And I and I think part of the unhelpfulness of it is that uh, it's it's kind of not a not an end, you know, an and or. Um, it's it's really a reflection of as as a church grows, there, there does need to be a shift in in how you staff. And you need to do that in order to, in order to grow. So that's, I think, uh, just a recognition. There's kind of a, a, a reality uh, that, that you'll need to shift and change just because you're, you're now at a different size. I think the other unhelpfulness is just in sort of understanding that role of the pastor. Um, and so there seems to be kind of a, a hard wire. I, I pastor when I preach to my congregation or I pastor when I know my, my flock. Uh, now, there are some people who have a high capacity to know more than, you know, 120 people, which is sort of Dunbar's number of, of sort of social space and, and social, um, you know, social understanding. Um, there are, there are staff, staff leaders who have a higher capacity to, to know, you know, higher numbers of people, but the reality is most people sort of tap out 120. Um, so I think we need to push in to that understanding of what does it look like to be a shepherd and a pastor um, and, and there's that shepherd rancher discussion uh, that ought to be had, but also just the reality that, um, you know, that, that you pastor people or you can pastor people by pastoring through other people. I mean, we do that all the time just with our growth group structures. It, it, is, it is impossible uh, for a church leader to lead every growth group and to be involved in every conversation. So, so what do we do? Well, we raise up our growth group leaders and we task them with the responsibility of doing our sort of frontline pastoral care, our, our application of, of God's word, you know, from the, the preach word on Sunday. Again, you're not handing over responsibility. Before God, you, you know, you as a pastor are still responsible for that congregation. But part of exercising that responsibility is actually working through uh, lay leaders in your church um, and other staff members in order to see people um, move towards maturity in Christ, you know, Colossians, Colossians 1.28. And so what are the pros and cons? Uh, well, I think the pros and cons then of staffing to that are, is that y- you've got to make a value shift where you as a leader actually aren't going to be, you know, in people's lives potentially as much as, as you were. And so as you move to staffing with portfolio, 
you as a senior leader, the big shift you need to make is actually working, working through others. And I think that's hard for a lot of pastors to make. I think staffing for a portfolio, there's greater complexity as well. So that matrix model um, creates inbuilt tension, which, which is healthy. So, uh, well, which, which is healthy, but you've got to realize often, I think as a leader, if you don't lean into conflict, that that's going to be a hard thing for you. So, so be prepared for that complexity just in the management um, question. And so, uh, you know, the other, the other I guess, um, I, I think the pro of it is that actually you can release people to, to really, you know, grow in, uh, in leading an area. You know, I, I, uh, I tell the story of, of seeing a mission pastor at the start of the pandemic, sort of pulling down all the mission signs that he had planned for their, their season of mission, you know, as, as church kind of got closed down. Now, now he was staffed, you know, with the responsibility of, of, of focusing on mission. Now, that meant that he had a, a structured mission plan for the year. Uh, that meant that he'd been building teams and raising up people. You know, you have someone who can do that really well, uh, and that's a real blessing to a church. And so I think pur- purpose pastoring allows you to really lean into your strengths, but also hopefully have a staff team that actually grows in their, you know, in their, um, in their skills. All right, Scott, talk to us uh, just briefly about full-time, part-time hires, internal, external, your quick thoughts on that. I think it's, it's always better if you can hire a full-time person. Uh, that gives you capacity. And, and I, I actually reckon we, we actually underestimate how much we you know, need, need a staff member or underestimate the role uh, that's required. And so particularly early on when someone comes on board, uh, they're going to need more time just to build relationships to understand their role and to grow. It's only sort of six months in that they sort of get comfortable and, and really can start to, you know, build. Um, the value of hiring part-time is that you uh, can test someone out. Um, and often I think you can, by hiring someone part-time, you can often hire someone internally who's already, um, you know, doing the ministry. And so that allows you to, you know, slowly build towards capacity. It's really important for a church plant. It's really important for, a, you know, an average size church that doesn't have the, um, you know, the resources to bring on, bring on someone full time, but it is difficult to hire someone part time. Uh, and I think you need to recognize if you are going to bring on someone part time, a, a really helpful rule is employ them for three days. Um, I, you know, a, a good friend of mine says, if you employ someone three days, when they're at a dinner party and they ask the question, what do you do for a job? They're probably going to say, I work for, you know, this church. But if they're doing two days or one day, they're probably going to talk about the other five days or the other four days that they're working in. So I'd be pushing for three days rather than, um, you know, you know, rather than two or one days Uh, in terms of internal external, just got to recognize that if you hire an external person, it will take time to onboard them. It will take time for them to build relationships. Ministry is highly relational. Um, And so you get an internal person, they get the DNA. uh, They understand how things work around here. They're going to be able to, you know, jump on board and, and get a lot more quick wins um, in time. I think, again, hiring internally, though, you've got to recognise um, that you do have long-term existing relationships. Um, saying goodbye to a, an internal hire is going to require a lot more care and, and thought. Uh, and so, um, you know, so recognise that. But don't, don't let that stop you hiring an excellent internal person for a role. And, and the other thing I just want to say, it's really healthy when you've got an internal person coming for a role. It's a dem- demonstration of, um, of, uh, of the fact that you've got a healthy, you know, leadership, you know, pipeline in your church. And 
Lastly, what are some of the key things we want to be looking for in a staff member, whether it's internal, external, full-time, part-time, key things? Yeah, so character, com- conviction, competence, so the three Cs. And, and character is king. Uh, you know, you do want to, uh, I think, take the time uh, and ensure that, you know, the person has a godly, godly character. So, so chase up those references uh, and, and uh, you know, ask, ask those questions. And I always ask when I'm, I'm doing that, um, how can I actually help uh, this person, you know, grow? You know, what's going to be the, the best way that I can lead them? Uh, because that's your role as a, as, a, as a team leader. It's really to help grow and develop people. Um, the conviction and the competence, you, you can build those convictions. And likewise on the competence, that should be your role as a staff leader to help them continue to grow as a leader. You want to have someone who can build teams. Um, so that's really important. You want a team player as well. And I think, you know, in order to not have siloing, you want to be pushing for an outcomes focused staff team. Uh, so not thinking functionally, uh, you know, not playing guys off one another, but actually lifting them up to the bigger goal and, and helping them all realize that, that we're all, you know, we're all part of it. I, I, I heard this, this great story last night. Um, I was doing a, a training course last night and it's about the, the, the NASA janitor um, and the NASA janitors asked, you know, what's your, what's your role around here? And, uh, and he answers the question, you know, I build, I build rockets that go, you know, that go to the moon and do amazing things. And the guy kind of pushes back and says, what do you mean? You, you just clean around here. And he goes, no, no, uh, in order for us to build and design rockets, we need a very clean environment. And I'm, and I'm responsible for that. You know, and I just thought, isn't that just a beautiful little illustration of, uh, you know, us as a team, we're all about making uh, and growing mature disciples. That, that's, that's what we're on about. That's, that's a big role. And it's really important that you play your part. It's really important that I play um, my part. So keeping on getting people to uh, think that uh, clearly. So I think a key part of that outcome focus is having distinct roles with clear responsibilities and with measurable goals. You know, so Greg Lee talks about uh, having purpose, uh, having people programs, and then having performance. So, so putting in those measurable goals. Um, I think a key part of that outcome focus is that you are clear and have a clear strategy on where you're going. And that's, that's going to enable you to have alignment through the whole church. Cause that's where uh, you, you know, you do uh, you know, create conflict and you do create siloing in your church, get alignment. And so push people towards that bigger goal. Uh, and then final, the final one, just ensuring that all your programs, um, you know, all your purposes um, have someone who is accountable on, you know, on the staff team, uh, or if you're in a, in a church plan or a small smaller church just in your in your senior leadership team so i don't want to i don't want to just say oh you've got to have paid staff members but in your senior leadership team ensure that um you know someone is actually taking accountability and responsibility for that um that area or that purpose area so scott what is the one thing when it comes to time or staffing rules i think the the big take home for me is always seek to employ someone who can build teams and build capacity for your church. All right. Now, Scott, you've got a number of resources to point us to in the toolbox again. Uh, some similar to staffing 2020, but some are taking us to kind of more general principles for staffing. Talk to us about those. Well, I've talked about uh, Gary McIntosh's uh, two books, Staff Your Church for Growth and, and Take Your Church to the Next Level. I think as well, um, I'd want to throw in uh, a, growth, a couple of Growth Barriers books there as well. And, and they're more for the, the senior leader to actually um, reflect on their own leadership 
Uh, and so I, um, I think a, a, a real key growth barrier book is actually the leadership pipeline book. I, I know we talk about it lots, but I actually think reflecting on uh, the, the changes you need to make as a leader is, is, uh, is really important as you think of these uh, staffing. And I think that's a great book to put in the hands of, you know, a team leader or a ministry area leader. And then um, the final thing is I'd encourage you to uh, reach out to Reach Australia and get a staffing consult. We've done a number of these. Uh, I think it's a really healthy, healthy thing to have someone, uh, you know, look externally into what you're doing. And, uh, and our team um, would, you know, love to, uh, to ask these hard questions of you and just help you sit back for a bit and, and reflect on, on where you need to go. It's, this is a huge area, huge investment. Um, and it's a, uh, yeah, it might seem like a big investment to have a, a consult in and to invite someone else to ask some hard questions. But I tell you what, it saves a massive amount of heartache down the track if you, if you can get some things right at the start. So let me highly recommend that as well. Anyway, if you have liked what you've heard on The One Thing today, we'd appreciate it. If you just take a moment to rate the show on iTunes, leave a comment. But thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Chat, Chat soon. soon.